sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to the house of God. What a blessed privilege it is to gather like this. If you've never been without it, you may not quite understand that. But uh, we've been alone on and off through the years, and it's, it's a blessing to be in the house of God. It really is. <clears throat> I trembled this week as I thought about standing up here. Something about not doing it that leaves you a little shaken when you do get up here. But I, I trembled this week for another reason, and I guess I, I felt a little like Isaiah as I considered standing here sharing the word of God with you people. Who am I? What am I? I'm just a man. I have failed probably more than any of you. And yet I'm supposed to stand up here and share the holy word of a holy God. And that I trembled as I thought about that. I said, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <clears throat> so I'll give it my best shot, I guess. We'll see what the Lord has for us. So my opening message this morning is I'd like us to consider this little subject. You are your children's object lesson. And I say that not to you, but to myself. This is a message that really isn't to you. It's something that I think God is speaking to me. Is there something about struggles that rob a man of his vision? I think most of you would agree with that. Going, going through some things here at church, and uh, you kind of lose focus. That's not good. It's not good at all. So if I would write something on the board, I won't this morning, but I... I have a few words that I, I would like to bring to our attention. Direction. I would write direction, discipline, and destination. In, in home life, there's so much that happens there that is going to set the tone in our children's life for eternity. And that's sobering. <clears throat> Gary Miller writes a book. It's called Kingdom Focused Finances. I'm just going to pull an excerpt out of there. I'm not going. It's nothing against the beachy churches. I don't know anything about them. But I'm going to use this for an example. Just, just for an example. He says the beachy churches have a magazine called the Calvary Messengers. 
And then there was an article that stated that some of their people have anywhere from 40000 to $220,000 of debt on their credit cards, and some had as many as 20 credit cards. <clears throat> Consumer debt. <laughs> Just spend here, spend there. You don't have the money, but you use your card, you buy it anyway. You just kind of consume it upon your lusts, I guess. We have a friend. My wife stayed with them when we were dating. <clears throat> um, Joe and a couple. And this is, you know, this is can happen anywhere, anytime. But she was about my wife's age, probably. They were. I'm a little older than that. But... They were Joanna couple. We stayed in their house, had dates in their living room there. And today they're divorced and remarried totally. Oh, they, they profess Christianity, but have totally just, you wouldn't know them from the next man in town. They've just given it all up. You probably all know stories like that too. I'm not saying that they hang on to a little bit of something. They have thrown it all away. There's no semblance of anything left. And my opinion is partly is a lack of teaching there. There's a lot of doing. We got to do it. We got to do it. But I think somewhere there needs to be a biblical reason for doing what we're doing. Not just because. There needs to be based out of the Bible. There, there needs to be some foundational uh, reasons for doing what we're doing. Somewhere, in the first case, biblical stewardship was lost. Somewhere in, in the generations, biblical stewardship was lost. And so you get a credit card, and, and studies show that if you have one, you spend up to 18% more than if you had cash. That's an interesting thought. And then the second case of the Joanger couple, um, somewhere the fear of God was lost. So I just kind of want to use that for a little bit of a basis to, to come off of this morning. That won't be long. I don't have much to share here. <clears throat> we must live life with purpose, for all our life is before our children's eyes. There's a saying, more is caught than taught. But wouldn't it be great if what they caught was what we taught? You know, you think about that. Sometimes what we teach or what we say and in our life doesn't quite line up with that. I'm a Christian, but maybe I ripped my brother off in a tractor deal. We all know people like that. But let's bring it home. We can't, we can't afford to point at our neighbors. and, and We all have inconsistencies. I'm sure we do. If... if if you think you don't, <laughs> ask your brothers. <laughs> they, they see them a lot quicker than we do. <clears throat> if our walk and talk are consistent, our lifestyle and our talk are consistent, God has something to work with. Rather than starting from nothing, we are our children's object lesson. The attitude we have toward carnal things, such as credit card, I believe is tempered by our spiritual life. A person that's spiritually loose can be, can be uh, carnally loose. I think there's a reflection there. 
So if we're tempered by the Spirit of God, it should temper our carnal outworkings. And in carnal, I say we have to handle money. We live in a world of, of carnality. We, this building's a carnal thing, so we handle carnal things, but I think our Christian life should, should temper what we do with those carnal things. And in, in looking at the next generation, what are, we, what are we leaving for an example? What is the object lesson of our life? The Christian life is a life of discipline, and that is the object lesson that will impact the next generation. Proverbs 17, verse 6 says, Children's children are the crown of old men. Grandparents, your grandchildren are your crown. That's pretty sobering. It's too late to do anything about it now, right? (laughs) Almost. But what about me? What about my generation? My children are young and coming up. What about the young people that aren't married, don't have children? Are you excluded from that? There's a saying someone quoted that the pattern of your life today, who you are, will likely be the pattern that you will carry the rest of your life. So if you're a loose person today, there's a good chance you'll be loose when you're a grandparent. But if we will take those things and bring them under, make them subject to the Spirit of God, we all can repent. I'm only 39. I can still repent and, and change course because Jesus Christ, that's what he's come to do, is to set us free from the flesh. <clears throat> So a little bit on discipline, I was thinking, and we could put a whole lot of things in this category, uh, but I just pulled out a few here. You know, I think of fasting, that takes discipline. I, I love to eat. I don't eat to live. I almost live to eat. I, my wife can tell you the way to my heart is through my stomach. <laughs> I love to eat. <laughs> fasting. That takes tremendous discipline for me to fast. That's hard for me to do. I think about food all day long. If I'm fasting, my wife and I will sit down and talk about food. (laughs) That is a discipline. It's hard. Family devotions. It takes discipline to make that happen. But that's the Christian life. It's a life of discipline. It's a life of denying the flesh. It's a life of taking up the cross. Personal devotions. takes discipline. You can't just haphazardly go about it. Child training. We talk about disciplining our children. But really, it's the parent that needs to be disciplined. To just let it slide is not a disciplined parent. Mark Brubaker said, years ago I used to listen to messages from them. Ryan Chuck was from Living Hope there. His brother Brian is still there. But anyway, he had hooked me up with their weekly mail program that I got their Sunday message in the mail. And he said on that, on one message, and it really stuck with me through the years, when I see an undisciplined two-year-old, now this isn't me, this was Mark, so if you have issue with this, go talk to him (laughs) If I see an undisciplined two-year-old, I see an undisciplined parent. That really, that really got my attention. 
It's not the child's fault that he's not disciplined. It's my fault. <clears throat> so we've all seen families, churches, that it seems the gates of hell have prevailed against. We've seen those people. I gave you an example earlier of a couple. Romans 12, I think, is verse 2. says this, Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That's a proactive verse. That's not, that's not, doesn't just sound nice. It's, there's a requirement on our part. And and I think if we're not proactive, if if we're just going to go along, we're a good church member, we're at church every Sunday. Um, My father was that way. Well, he wasn't in church every Sunday. He was in church maybe once a Sunday. But, just living life haphazardly is not a Christian life. The world lives that way. The church should not live that way. We must be proactive. There needs to be some forethought. There needs to be some action. There needs to be something going on that's, that is combating Satan. Uh, Jesus said of the kingdom of God that it's like leaven. Now, we... Most a lot of people use yeast, different types of leaven in their bread, and I I thought sometime I'd love to do a study on that and, and share on that a little bit, but I didn't understand it good enough to do that. But the thing that about leaven is you put it in the bread dough and it it forms these you know it's inside of that dough it's not getting oxygen really, but is that that leaven creates gas. And it starts to bubble. You know, bread's full of holes. So leaven, you can't put it in a lump of dough and it's dormant. It's not possible. And that's how the kingdom of heaven is. You, you, cannot, you cannot get the kingdom inside of you and it's dormant. That doesn't happen. <clears throat> but there's one thing. With bread, if it's not warm enough, it can take it a very, very long time. That that doesn't build gas without heat. And that's a little bit like, I'm getting off track here, but I just look at that and I think, well, there are people that get born again and they sit for years. No teaching, no discipleship, there's nothing that happens. You wonder, what happened to that testimony? But Satan's kingdom is the same way. It's like leaven. It is. It does not rest. He has an agenda. We know that. I'm going to read out of Titus 2 this morning, just a little bit. Verses 2 through 8. The aged men, be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. I really like the order that he gave here. You you have the order of the aged men, the aged women, and then it goes to the young ladies and the young men. But I like the order as he went through here. He gave each of us an assignment, as as I see it. He gave us something to take home. There's, There's something to work on here. 
The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. So again, we are our children's object lesson. And the Christian life takes a dedicated person. It takes a person that is is into it with his whole heart. It is not, it is not an, necessarily an easy life that you just float along and have a good time. That's not part of the Christian life. Now, we do have good times. <clears throat> I felt like something to maybe add to this message or this meditation this morning. In light of being our children's object lesson, and maybe this is more to my generation, let's consider 25 years from now, 30 years from now, I would say I'll have a lot grayer hair and probably grandchildren around my knees if the Lord tarries, except that I'll probably be bold. But you and I will be in our parents' shoes. We will have grandchildren around our knees. We'll come home from church on a Sunday and sit down at granddad's dinner table And this is you now, and you're looking at your little grandchildren as precious little children running around in your house, and you have sons that don't agree with the church direction. Don't agree with something that's going on. Think about this. How do you want your children to respond to those things? Your turn's coming. My turn's coming. There's a saying that says the chickens will come home to roost. The Bible term is a little different than that. You reap what you sow. What are we going to sow? And that's, I, I just, I wonder sometimes. Why is there so much rebellion? Why are the churches so full of rebellion today? So, in light of that, what will we do in our day? We are, we are our children's object lesson. What do we want out of their life? What would we like them to see in us that we want them to duplicate in another 25, 30 years? So, may the Lord bless you with that.